Hey there, welcome to Embrace Your Strengths podcast. You're going to hear inspiring stories of men and women who are embracing their top five Clifton strengths in all kinds of ways. You'll be encouraged to understand more about what's so great about you. Learn how knowing, developing, and living more moments using your strengths can bring you joy and purpose in your life. I'm your host, Barbara Colwell. Hi there. Thank you for tuning in to Embrace Your Strengths. As you listen to this podcast, if you hear something that encourages you, I would love to hear. You can subscribe, rate, and review. That helps others to hear about the podcast. And of course, it's so motivating to me too. Here are a couple of recent reviews. BBBC14 said, you won't regret subscribing. This has been such a fun podcast to listen to, not just to grow in my understanding of my strengths, but to learn about other people's strengths around me. It gives me a fuller picture of how each of us has something to offer the world. Barbara is a great host, and you can tell she really cares about letting her guests' strengths shine in their interviews. Well, thanks, BBBC14. I appreciate that. Gurgle Dean said, Clifton Strengths Expert. If you want to hear more about how God made you and understand how you as an individual can be the most fulfilled and satisfied, tune into Barb's podcast. She will guide you forward into maximizing your life for great purposes. Well, thank you, Gurgle Dean. Yes, I love talking to each person that I get to interview and would love to hear your feedback. Well, I'm excited about this episode. In this episode, you're going to hear from a dear friend of mine named Susan, who I've known since she was a college student at SMU. You are going to hear how her strengths overflow and how who she is comes through in hopeful and amazing ways as she's walked through her husband's four-year battle with cancer. As you can imagine, her positivity and empathy strengths especially have been stretched tremendously as their family with three adult daughters has lost their husband and dad. You're going to hear how she knew she needed time to grieve such deep loss and sadness and about the day that she became a widow and her middle daughter became a wife. You're also going to hear her confidence about God and that she's come to the conclusion that God is so much bigger and so much more mysterious than she ever imagined, but she knows that he is good and that he loves her deeply. I'm so grateful for her friendship and appreciate her courage to share about the hardest road she could ever imagine walking down. I hope you enjoy our conversation. I am so excited for you today to hear from a dear friend that I've known for years and years named Susan Barrett. Welcome, Susan. Thank you. I'm so glad to have you here today. Love for you just to share who you are, where you live, and what you do. Okay. Well, I'm Susan Barrett. I live in Yorba Linda, California. I am am a follower of Jesus, so I'm involved in a small little church. I have three adult daughters, one of whom is married, one about to get married. I play tennis, and I like yoga, and that's that's about it. It's so fun to see you. It's been just a treat recently to have had the weekend with you and to be with your girls a little bit. And I am so excited for us just to chat today. And Susan and I go way back. We met when 
you're a student at SMU in Dallas. And do you remember, I don't remember the exact meeting that we had, but it was just through crew or. Yeah, I remember. This is what I remember, Barbara. So I was a freshman and the Campus Crusade, the crew staff, you know, came to the freshman dorms, but you, I don't think you had my dorm. I think you guys must have divided it up by dorm. I, I don't remember, but I had um, another gal that was lovely. And so I got in her Bible study, but I always was looking at you thinking, oh, I oh. wish I was in Barbara's group. <laughs> and so I don't know how it happened the next year that I got to be um, in your group. And, you know, you discipled me through the rest of college. And it was because of that, that I joined staff with crew after I graduated, but you had a really big spiritual impact and warrant too in my life. Oh, that's sweet. Yeah. I kind of vaguely remember that now. Yeah. That was, it was just such a highlight, just the, that time with you. And I just have fun memories of you meeting on campus, just in our group, in our home. And yeah, I do too. Yeah. I just have always seen and appreciated just your eagerness and just your teachability in whatever you're doing. And I think as we talk a little bit about your strengths and just seeing kind of what they are, it's just like, oh yeah, that makes sense. (laughs) But I know we'll unpack your strengths a little bit, but I know a big, huge part of your story is just your dear relationship with John, your husband, Mm -hmm. and his passing a couple years ago. And I, like I said, when we, we first heard about it, I just thought of the things that I knew about you. I felt hopeful of just your strength and Mm. uh, it's just so heart, heart wrenching, but I have just admired just how you've walked through so much heartache over these years. Mm, Thanks, Barbara. Definitely been a lot of heartache. Yeah. Well, let's talk about your strengths first, and then we'll. Okay. I'm going to hear just how you and all this scoop about you and John and how you met and just all that journey. Tell me what your top five Clifton strengths are. All right. So, my top five are positivity, includer, empathy, developer, and context. Those are just like, like I said, when I learned what they were, I thought, oh, yes, of course, those are you. <laughs> and again, as some of our listeners might not be familiar, just the kind of even the framework that as I talk with people about their strengths is, you know, there's like four different quadrants that the um, core clarity puts these different strengths in. And, and two of yours are the includer and empathy are in the connecting quadrant. Those are talents that are used to sustain relationships and connect with others. And then your positivity and developer are your talents move to motivate others to action. And there's other talents in those ones too, but these are the ones that you have. And then context is in the reflecting quadrant. Those those are more internal and the other four are more external. Mm-hmm. And so I think even just before we got on, you said even as you think about um, just kind of all of them or especially even like the context is like they all seem to show up with people, right? Right, right. I felt like that all of them are used in relationships for me. And so I'm not, I don't have a a full-time job right now. So I don't know how they would show up in the work (laughs) context, but they, in my life, they show up in 
in my relationships. Mm-hmm. Let's kind of pull pull them apart a little bit. Positivity is um, people with positivity just have enthusiasm for life or optimism. A lot of times, a sense of humor, and I think of like what I think of when I first think of you is just fun. You're always just joyful and having something to laugh about. What what is what do you sense about your positivity or? Yeah, I I I feel like um, I don't know if I would have uh, really gotten through the last few years without it. Uh, I think it really drove me a lot, and and I do. I do like humor. I I can't stay in the the sad for too long without a little bit of humor. Yeah. As I was there this weekend for shower for your youngest Sophie, it was really sweet to hear as you know a lot of times people ask the bride and the groom, you know, how well do you know each other and ask different questions and the one one of the questions is like, what what would you say Troy would or Sophie would say what they enjoy most about your family? And I love that he said he'd love just the joy and the humor and fun that y'all have together. Yeah, I loved that too. <laughs> well, yeah. you, can't, most, you can't say that about oh, every family, you know? Yeah, those three girls, I'm telling you, they are, they are crazy together. They are, they're hilarious. Oh, yeah. One note on positivity is, again, we'll get into more later, but a lot of times like there's a little warning or cautionary statement as under the descriptions, but sometimes Mm -hmm. it's, it's wise for people with positivity to avoid toxic relationships or people. But, but I know in general, it might not necessarily be toxic, but just that suffering can be really hard for people with positivity. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it, it is. And, it, you know, I think uh, I would tend to avoid suffering as much as possible. But um, in my situation, there was no getting around it. it. It just, you know, I had to go through it. And a lot of that was, I think, good for me and my growth as a as a Christian, as a human being. I, I needed to be able to endure suffering. I mean, nobody likes it. I hope. (laughs) I hope nobody likes it. Well, and I've seen even just too, just how you, just your strength in clinging to the Lord, even in the questions and the wondering, but just Mm -hmm. clinging to what you know was true about God's love and faithfulness in the midst of. Yeah. I, I think, you know, I've, what I've come to know about God through all this is I don't know God. He's he's a mystery. And God's mm-hmm. ways are mysterious, but I trust him. I, I don't know what that ex- actually means, but I, I believe him. I believe in him. I I know he's good. I just mm-hmm. I I his ways are not for me to understand some of them. Yeah. Wow. What includer? These people love to include others, and they have a um, just a a posture to welcome outsiders, pull them in, um, having them connect with whoever is around. What what do you? How does that look for you? You know, I think it's really related to the empathy, also for me, because I can I read a room and I can tell if somebody's uncomfortable or they're they're feeling left out and. 
and I, I can't, like, I, I can't help myself. I have to go and kind of, you know, connect them to somebody, even just at the shower, um, the, the bridal shower Saturday, I, I wanted to make sure that some, everybody had somebody they could talk to. Yeah. That's great. Well, I know I noticed even at when I went to church with you the next day and just the two ladies that you visited with that you've gotten to know through the grief share that Mm -hmm. you've been going to. And I just love seeing you in action. You're just so (laughs) warm and friendly and that Mm -hmm. new lady. Yeah, that was the first time at our church. So I was happy to see her. Yeah. She was happy to see you too. And I loved it just how she noticed your necklace. Yeah. Yeah. Can you tell about your necklace? Yeah. So um, after John died, I had his ring and I had it just on a chain and it didn't sit flat. So I took it to a jeweler and I had it a a little hook mounted and a little diamond and, and put on a chain so it lays flat. So she recognized what it was because she'd lost her husband. If you, if you didn't know I'd lost my husband, you'd just think it was a pendant, but it's his ring and it's mm. close to my heart and I never take it off. Oh, I love that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I noticed it cause I have another friend that has that necklace too. Mm-hmm. Oh. Sadly. Well, it, any, um, any more about empathy It's kind of like you said, you, you feel what's going on with others. And I love, even as I was looking back over, not that I had to look on the caring bridge, but I did glance at it a little mm-hmm. more today. And just that you're so great at expressing just emotions. Like mm-hmm. I feel sad. I mean, that, that seems mm-hmm. so basic, but I feel like you do have a radar and a, just an ability to feel the depth of emotions mm-hmm. of, for yourself and for other people. Mm-hmm. It's such and, a gift. Know, a lot of that, that I, sometimes I think in my life that, that positivity has worked a little against the empathy, mm-hmm. but because John was a psychologist, he was a therapist. He, he really, I, I think modeled for all of us, you know, recognizing your feelings and getting in touch with those that that's important in, in life and in relationships. And so, uh, I, I feel like I had that, you know, extra gift and, mm-hmm. um, I, you know, realized with one of my daughters, how, how crucial that empathy is in the relationship. She, she, she needs that more than she needs the positivity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's been a, a bit of a journey. I think I always kind of felt things, but not not so deeply, and you know, until later in life. Mm, yeah. Wow. Yeah, that's a. I have that one too, and I I think it's so valuable. It's mm-hmm. like we all maybe don't express it, but I think especially when we're really suffering or mm-hmm. things are hard, it's like. We know who the empathy people are that come alongside of us. Yes, for sure. Yes. Yeah. Well, developer is your strength that it's like you're a cheerleader. You want to mm-hmm. see people succeed or cheer them on. Mm-hmm. Have Sometimes people, a lot of times people that are teachers might have developers as strength, but they love to see progress and help people have a plan to get to the next step. Mm-hmm. and. I just see that as I've watched you kind of from a distance, but even a little more in these last years as you've been 
coming alongside your daughters. Yeah. And, um, yeah. yeah. That, yeah. I can't help myself. <laughs> you know, <laughs> sometimes they wish I would just stop, but uh, I can't help myself. Well, that's great. I mean, I, I think about just the pictures of even like, did y'all, did your girls do like swim meets and stuff like that? Yes. Uh huh. Yeah. They, I mean, two I, of them were swimmers. One was a tennis player. Yeah. I just think of like a picture of anybody I've watched to be a swim swimmer mom, you know, just mm-hmm. like standing on the side of the pool, like, come on, come on, come on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. And and they're so different. I that my oldest daughter didn't care. She just went did the swimming. You know, she would get out and she wouldn't ask, did I win? And then the middle daughter, when she was swimming, Anna Catherine, that was the first question she asked when she got out, did I win? <laughs> and then the third one that really was another good swimmer, just she just couldn't catch her breath. She just worked so hard. Oh, but okay. Well, context, this is one that's, um, it's a little different if people haven't done this assessment, cause it's not something that you really think about, but these people, um, like historical data, they like to see what the past was, why that's mm-hmm. shaping what's going on. And mm-hmm. a lot of times people love the history channel. If this is one of their top strengths, but a lot of times it's just like, why did this thing start? How did this start? And why are we here? Yeah. Yeah. I do. I do like to find the answers to those questions, but as I was thinking about it, I, I find I use it the most in relationships. Like I, I want to know your background. I want to know your history. I want to know, you know, are you married? Are you happy? Are you, I just, I want to know about All people. The yeah. And, you know, what, what has made the person what they are today? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, like I mentioned earlier, it's fun just thinking back on just the history and it's been just a privilege to, to watch you and even be around at some significant moments in your life. Mm-hmm. But um, I loved being a part of your wedding with yeah. you and John. And why don't you tell a little bit about how you all met and just your little love story? <laughs> Happily, gladly. So uh, we both were on staff with crew at headquarters. He was there before me. I got there and we worked in the same ministry, basically. He was in marketing. I was in the creative group doing advertising type things. And of course, I noticed him immediately because he's so handsome. Mm-hmm. And I got there in September. He was already there. And probably about December, I I went home and I had a um, party for my supporters and I had slides. And as a joke, I put in a picture of John and I said, just as a joke, okay, this is the hunk of the hill because <laughs> the, the, the headquarters was on a hill. And so I, I called him the hunk of the hill and somebody joked, ah, ha, ha, now we know how to pray. <laughs> so that was yeah. that, but, but about probably, oh, I don't know, 10 or 11 months after that, we had our first date. And so, um, and then, you know, the rest is history. We got married and Mark, you were in our wedding and we stayed on staff for about a year. And then he, we moved to Dallas where, were you guys still in Dallas in, when we got there in 89? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And John went to Dallas seminary and, and then a couple of years later we moved back to California so he could go to Biola university and, and get his doctor of psychology and so we've been here since then. Okay. Well, I 
I just love that time of your wedding. And yeah. but it was so picturesque. Uh, you have to admit, leaving in the carriage that the horses were driving like a, the horse drawn carriage. Honestly, was the highlight. I mean, the whole day was a highlight, but driving around the neighborhood in a horse drawn carriage is oh. just so fun. <laughs> Gosh, it was just so picturesque and it was just such a very fun time. Yeah. Well, so as as we mentioned before, just um, things took have taken a turn and I'd love for you to tell us a little more just about um, the cancer journey that John yeah. was on that you all were on with him. Yeah. So our youngest daughter, Sophie, had just left for Wheaton. So we were brand new empty nesters and we, I was just asking God, I always been, I'd always been so involved in their, in their activities on, you know, in their sports and national charity league, all was, all the volunteer time was centered around the girls. And now I had so much extra time. So I was asking God, you know, what, where do you, where do you want me to spend my time? What, what's next? And I just didn't get an answer. So, you know, I just thought I'd keep praying, keep waiting. And and that fall, he started having some uh, uh, symptoms, I guess I would say. She, he was like, he had a diarrhea. And so we thought, oh, it's lactose. Oh, it's it must be the gluten. It must be soy. You know, we were trying all that. And in the meantime, he went to the doctor and he said, you know, you're 56 and you've never had a colonoscopy. And here's my plug right here. Get your colonoscopy, get your cancer screenings. Mm -hmm. And so why don't we do that? So we did. He, you know, scheduled it. It was in December and I never expected anything bad. I never, it never Mm -hmm. even occurred to me that something bad could happen or was going on. So the doctor called me in and said, "Uh, there's a big tumor and, and I'm sure it's cancer. And, you know, but he said, oh, it's well differentiated, whatever that meant. So I, I was still hopeful. But then, you know, over the next probably 10 days, we came to find out that it was everywhere. It was in his lungs. It was, he had probably 40 or more tumors in his liver. And it was not looking good. And this was right before Christmas. And the girls came home from college and we had to tell them and it was a sad, hard time. And I remember Sophie saying, she's just a freshman and she said, do you think daddy will be here for my graduation? You know, and honestly, I didn't know because one of the doctors had told us maybe two, two and a half years. Mm. And I just, but I said, yes, I, I think he will be here, you know, and thankfully he was. So that just kind of started us on this journey and we we got into he got into a clinical trial at USC and so he started this clinical trial chemo and that that oncologist was just much more encouraging and and then we heard about this clinic in Munich Germany and we really prayed and fasted and f- felt that we should go to, to Munich and check this out and, you know, maybe stay, maybe not. And well, we went, sounded like they could help him. So we ended up staying there for three months and it did help. It did help. It, it got rid of a lot of the tumors in his liver, which were, you know, more life-threatening. So we came back, but we couldn't go 
back to Germany for more treatment because John uh, ended up with a blood clot in his inferior vena vein, which is bad, and we didn't want to fly again. So we were searching. This was next. This is probably by the fall of 2017. I was searching all over for something that might help him, something different, not not alternative, but you know, something better. Mm-hmm. And I was praying, God, send help. I, I don't know how to do this. And my sister said, don't you remember I told you about this doctor that was helped a friend of a friend who had stage four cancer? And I was like, no, please tell me. <laughs> so we ended up contacting that that doctor. And he's a Russian, actually Russian doctor, but he lives here. And he ended up, we ended up hiring him to be our medical consultant. And he knew of treatments all over the world. And we went all over the world and, you know, ups and downs. And he was doing really, really well the second half of 2019. I mean, he was body surfing. He was playing tennis again. He was looking good. And just after Christmas, he started feeling bad. And it, after some time, we found out he had a, an abscess and a, an infection in his abdomen. And this was the beginning of the pandemic. So we we ended up, he was in the hospital a little bit, but they wouldn't do surgery. And so we ended up going to Germany, a different place in Germany. And we were there a total of nine months. Um, and we, oh, we came home briefly at Christmas 2020, 2020, thinking he was doing much better. And the wedding, my daughter's wedding was supposed to be March 13th of 2021, but it was still a pandemic. And so while we were home, we looked into maybe a different venue that was outside that we could cut cut down the guest list and have an outdoor wedding. And we were just about to sign that contract when we realized we had to go back to Germany, that John's infection was getting worse and no nobody would take him in the US. No, there were no beds because of COVID. So uh, we we decided to go back. And I told my daughter and her fiance, you know, I don't know if we're going to be back. So let's push off the big wedding, you know, the the big party and to July 4th, when, when we know we can, you know, have a venue. And I promise when we get home, we'll, we'll get you married. You know, we'll, we'll do a backyard wedding. So, uh, we, we went back to Germany and things got pretty bad there for John. The girls came because we didn't know if, uh, he would, you know, die there. And they came out and we tried to get the, her fiance and his family there to, to do the wedding there. But, um, the German authorities wouldn't allow them in. So finally, John said, I i can't do this anymore. I've, he had like probably over 50 surgeries in those nine months and just to try to clean out the infection and get rid of it. And he was just not, not in good shape. And so he said, I just want to go, you know, home. So we were able to get him home on April 1st. And Anna Catherine said, you know, I, I, can we do the wedding? I really want daddy to be there. So I had a friend that was so talented, put together a wedding with musicians and flowers and food and everything for April 12th, Monday, April 12th. 
and it was like a week. And uh, on Thursday, April 8th, John entered hospice. We had hospice care come out. And Friday, the the nurse left and said, you should be fine. You should be fine for Monday. He'll be, he'll be, you know, everything's fine. Um, we'll see you Tuesday. And so we thought, okay, you know, maybe he can walk her down the aisle. And then the next day that maybe he can, we can push him in a, in a wheelchair down the aisle. And then by Monday morning, he was pretty out of it. And this is the wedding day, you know? So I told Anna Catherine, you know, honey, I don't, I don't know, but if I were you, I would spend a little time with your dad because you're going to go away after your wedding. And she came in and she spent time with him. And then we got ready for the wedding was supposed to be at five in our backyard. And by then, you know, by the afternoon, it was clear that he was pretty out of it. And so his dear friend uh, moved to his hospital bed to the window and propped it up so that, you know, if he opened his eyes, he could see the wedding and he set up Zoom so he could hear it. And the the wedding, the ceremony was supposed to start at five that my very, you know, my grand, my parents, just there was 10 of us or 11 of us there. It, but it was on Zoom for the other family members that weren't there. And then at 4.30, my oldest daughter got a horrible migraine. She was throwing up. She's in a dark room. And I just thought, oh my gosh, one more. Like there's nobody going to be out there, (laughs) you know? (laughs) And so we were scrambling around trying to get Zoom set up for her also. And it was, it was five o'clock. It's time to, for the wedding. And I was running around and I, I, I went into the room where John was looking for my iPad so we could set it, Zoom up for Amy upstairs and Vern, John's good friend, just gave me a look. And and I was turning around to leave and I caught that look and I said, what? And he said, he's not breathing. So, you know, anyway, it was kind of traumatic. Sophie accidentally walked into the room looking for me and she saw her dad and we, we um, were so blessed to have our pastor there. She was going to marry Anna Catherine and Josh. And she took us upstairs and we told Anna Catherine and Amy that their dad had passed. And we all cried. And Mm. our pastor, Lynn, finally said, you know, you, you have a choice and there's not a right choice. There's not a wrong choice. You, you can go ahead with the wedding and you don't have to go ahead with the wedding. We can reschedule the wedding. And mm-hmm. Anna Catherine said, I, I want to go ahead. I want to go ahead. And I had the thought that I didn't think John would want to be the reason for another delay for the wedding. And so yeah. that just came to me. I think maybe it was God. I don't I don't know. But we decided to to have the wedding. Mm. So we got ourselves together. We, you know, Amy actually rallied, was able to be outside at least for the, for the ceremony. And I walked down, I walked Anna Catherine down the aisle mm-hmm. and we, we had the wedding. And I remember thinking that 
it felt like something, it felt like John was there somehow because the, the yeah. two hymns they had chosen, each one of them had a, had a verse about heaven. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so I felt he was included, you know, yeah. in the wedding. Oh my. Yeah. What a, what a journey. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of hard to believe. I think I said to Lynn, our pastor, like, this has never happened in the history of the world. There's no way <laughs> that this has ever happened. I think it probably has, but I felt like this is so weird. This is so, how does this happen? Yeah, just the, yeah, just the timing of all those yeah. parts. and Yeah. Oh, I just ache as I, I did even, you know, each step of the way as we'd get yeah. updates through Caring Bridge and, but even just being with you and even like looking at her book with those pictures and yeah. how Lord, the Lord just gave you each strength and there was joy in that day. Yeah. But I can't imagine just the, the extent of grief and joy all in one day. Yeah. It, it, it was, it was tough. It was, yeah, it was, you know, I wanted to, to really be joyful for my daughter. This was her wedding. <laughs> you know, she was entering marriage and that's a joyful thing, a beautiful thing. But I just thought I am becoming a widow on the day my daughter's becoming a wife. Mm. That was a hard reality to think about. Like, no, oh, that's not good. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Well, and then when the day of just the celebration of John's life, mm-hmm. I mean, that was very honoring and yeah, John was such a good man. He was, he was just like one of the kindest people I've ever met. Mm-hmm. I you wish know, I could I have love sat that. with him and talked with him more. I know. He was, he was, oh, he was such a good man and such a good father and such a good husband and such a human. He, yeah, he was. And he loved you guys. I loved that. Like you're from, you're from my past, but he adopted you, you know, (laughs) (laughs) you were his friends. (laughs) He just, I mean, he's so tall and, you know, Warren isn't so tall, (laughs) (laughs) but he just is just, yeah, such a good man. I loved seeing the pictures of him body surfing. Yeah. Just the joy that, um, he had in those kind of things. Uh, one of the instances I remember of when I stayed with you once of Sophie coming home from some youth group thing in high school, and there was some drama going on, but just <laughs> watching John in action, just listen to her and guide her. And I don't know, it didn't seem like that big a deal to me, but it was, I loved seeing their interaction. Yeah. Just his, just entering into what was going on. Yeah, he did. He was, he was so good. And I, you know, one of the things that was so scary to me at the thought of losing him was how can I, I can't, I'm not you. I can't parent like you do. How can I, how will I do this without you? Because he really was 
just, it was such a good listener to the girls and just so non-judgmental. And he was just, you know, unique. Yeah. Well, what has helped you just these, it's almost been what, two years now? Uh, it's, yeah. Um, yeah. In a April. year and nine months. What has helped me? Yeah. I mean, I, I'm sure there've been lots of conversations with you and your girls or, yeah. I mean, I, I know you're going to grief shares that I, I just can't imagine just yeah. like putting one foot in front of the other. That's, that's exactly what it was, was putting one foot in front of the other. And I, I had this sense, I think, you know, John left us a lot of gifts and most of them were, you know, just emotional health. And I just had a sense that I needed to make space for my grief. I think my tendency is to get busy and be distracted and not think about those things. You know, I want to avoid suffering as much as possible, but I just had a sense that I, I needed to I would not jump right back into life. I needed to make space for the feelings and the grief and the sadness, whatever they were. But I think I also somewhere deep inside knew that I I would get through it somehow. I, I'm not through it. It it takes time, but I, I just had a sense of assurance that I don't know, not that I would ever be over him and ever forget him or ever not be sad, but that I would be okay. So I think you know he had before we left Germany, and one day I just cried to him and said, "What, what am I going to do without you?" You know, and he he said, "You know, call this therapist, one of his colleagues that he knew, and she specializes in grief." And um, so it's kind of a gift he gave me, and I see that therapist every week, and she's helped me so much. And I went to a grief group. It, it wasn't grief share, but it was a grief group, mm-hmm. and I've met a a couple other widows. I don't, I don't have any friends that are widows yet. I sadly, I know I will, but I don't really yet. So I met a few, um, through the, a grief group, a couple grief groups that I've been in, but you know, I think my church has been so wonderful. There's just such a wonderful community. I, I'm so grateful that God put us there shortly before John was diagnosed. I can see why he did that. My so just to get they they've just they're just you know they keep me they keep me going. Yeah. Well, and I think I could be mistaken, but don't they all have empathy as one of their strengths? They do. Yeah, they do. (laughs) That goes a long way. (laughs) I'm serious. We're just one empathic group. I mean, I loved all the things we talked about this weekend. I know. Dissecting little women, three sisters, yeah. and four sisters in that movie. But yeah. Um anyway, I love just just the things that they have to share. They're just so delightful. Yeah, thank you. They're so and, dear to me. Yeah. Is there any particular passage or even story that you kind of gravitate to as you think about just the Lord sustaining you and giving you strength? Is there any picture of him that that you go back to of, hmm. yeah, this is what God is like for me? 
Well, like I said before, I, I've kind of come to the conclusion that God is so much bigger and so much more mysterious than I ever imagined. Yeah. Um, but I know that he's good. I know that he loves me. I could see how he has provided, you know, not in the ways that I want. <laughs> I want my husband mm. back. I want my, yeah. the one, you know, but he has provided in different ways. And I can see that. I, I think just um, God as my provider has been, you know, helpful to see and to, to experience experience that, you know, and I, I know I'm in a, a process. I'm still, I'm still learning and growing and I don't know if I'll ever, I won't ever arrive, but. Yeah. Well, and I love, you know, just like we know that God doesn't waste our pain, you know, yeah. that he's using the things you're learning as you're interacting with whoever you see of just sharing the comfort that you've been comforted with. And yeah, I love thinking about that. And I mean, just being with you, even if I didn't know all you'd been through, you would, you would be comforting. (laughs) (laughs) That's good. I mean, that's good because, you know, I, I don't want any of this to be wasted. This is too painful and too hard for it to be wasted. Yeah. Um, I do trust in time God was bringing fruit out of it into my life and my girl's life. And I do trust that. Yeah. Well, and I know around the corner is Sophie's big day. And I love the little gift that you gave her at the shower. Can you tell about that? Oh, yes. I couldn't wait. I was so excited. I was like, <laughs> could it, it was like Christmas to me. I had um, found on Etsy these um, bouquet charms. And so I sent in a picture of John and they put it between glass and, you know, soldered the edges like a stained glass in the back. It says, I'm missing you today and every day. And it's a little charm that you attach to your bouquet. And I just, I mean, I think I've had it since November and I just couldn't wait for her shower because I wanted to give that to her so that she would have her daddy with her when she walked down the aisle, you know? Yeah. And so she, it was, it was as good as I anticipated. (laughs) She was um, very touched by that and, um, you Mm. know, she cried a little bit. And I think we all cried. (laughs) It's so sweet. Oh, yeah. Wow. So sweet. Thank you so much just for opening your heart and just sharing with us just this journey. And mm-hmm. I, I'm just so proud of you and just so grateful to be your friend and just watch you walk this difficult road. But I, I really admire you and see how you're really clinging to the Lord and loving those around you and so I love seeing the fruit of who you are and how that's showing up mm-hmm. in this season of your life. Oh, thank so. you, Barbara. I mean, that means a lot coming from my my spiritual mentor. <laughs> oh, well, it's, you know, I think probably most of us don't really think of the reality of that one of us will lose mm-hmm. the other. And, mm-hmm. but you've 
been walking that road and yeah. you're, you've been doing that well and with courage. Thank you. So, well, one last question I like to ask everybody on this podcast, what has brought you joy lately or put a smile on your face? Uh-huh. Well, I, I mean, the first thing comes to my mind is that you visited me last weekend, came out yes. and stayed with me. And that was wonderful. It was so, I mean, you're wonderful. And my girls just love you. And, you know, you ask, you ask the pointed questions and you, you got it, got in there with us. And it was, <laughs> really, was we had some good discussion. We did. We? <laughs> we did. It was really good. So that definitely brought joy. Um, you know, this season of my daughter's wedding is is joyful to me. I didn't get to enjoy it at all with Anna Catherine. It was just, you know, trying to get him married. And then I just was overwhelmed with grief. And this time I'm really enjoying it. I'm just enjoying all mm. the little things. And it just it's, brings me joy to see her with, with her, you know, beloved Troy, that they're just so sweet to one another and they just love one another oh that's so great it is sweet i didn't see them together while i was there but just heard about them together yeah and heard her talk about them yeah (laughs) so yeah well thank you so much and um i appreciate you taking time to be with me here today you're the best sue you are too take care okay bye Thank you so much for listening today. I hope this time has given you hope and encouragement about how amazing you are or helped you understand someone you know or work with or love. If you're curious about your top five strengths, you can take the assessment at cliftonstrengths.com. If this episode's been helpful to you, please leave a review, share the podcast with a friend, or subscribe to Embrace Your Strengths podcast. You can find more information at barbaracolwell.com. I sure look forward to our next time together. Take care.